Welcome to Dasnuv Tech Chat. I'm your host and founder, Caesar Alcazar. We're going to talk about everything tech under the sun. Here we go. Death to the dollar. No, I'm not chanting it, I'm predicting it. Crypto is a force that we all have to reckon with. It's the new borderless and centralist bank currency. Apart from the biggest money disruptor, and for everyone who still wants to consider the US dollar as money, or any other fiat for that matter, it's a tech disruptor. What we know as centralized infrastructure like Google, AWS, YouTube, or the latter, its time is counted. Crypto and decentralization is going to change the architecture of the web. For example, DevOps. As a main source of revenue for my business and a specialty in the tech industry to be in right now, it too will change. The sooner we embrace this tech, the easier the transition will be. I know I brought up a couple of high-level points that we all want to know the answers to, but before I go into depth about it, I want to lay a foundation about money that many of us were not educated on or we simply don't remember. In this way, we can understand the importance of crypto and how it's disrupting and will continue to disrupt the future as we know it. Let's get a brief summary on the history of our economy so that we can all start on the same playing field when we talk about crypto. Many don't fully comprehend the thread the global economy is hanging by. So let's start there. Our economy is a massive Ponzi scheme where we're all blissfully participating in. The U.S. Constitution gives Congress the right to print currency for its citizens. Article 1, Section 8, Clause 5, and also Section 10, Clause 1 of the same article in the Constitution. Nothing crazy so far. The reason I mentioned this is because there were no limitations on private or government credit notes that created an implicit value for transaction in the 17 and 1800s. This was a big issue for the time as these paper notes fluctuated aggressively in value, same as the volatility we see in crypto today, making the American economy unstable. To which come in the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve System has a lot of shady origins, shady practices, no accountability, and no responsibilities. I recommend reading The Creature from Jekyll Island by G. Edward Griffin, who goes into a lot of detail about the Federal Reserve. In summary, the Federal Reserve System was created on Jekyll Island in 1910 by a small group of men gathered to draft what is now known as the Federal Reserve Act. The act was sold to the American people as a regulative legislation bill against the big bad bankers, where it was written in secrecy on Jekyll Island by the same big bad bankers. In essence, they were the fox guarding the hen house. Among the group was Senator Nelson Aldrich, who was the father-in-law to John Rockefeller, as well Paul Warburg, Frank Vanderlip, and other noteworthy members who had questionable connections to major known banking families, to which I'll let you follow those conspiracies at your own leisure. The Federal Reserve is a private entity made up of shareholders that to this day no one knows. And even though the Federal Reserve has the word federal in the name, there is nothing federal about them, which the argument can be made. If they are not federal and the Constitution only allows Congress to create currencies, then why are they in the picture? But okay, I digress. To keep this brief, the way the Federal Reserve works, in short, is like a Ponzi scheme. 
Our almighty government, having expenses to pay more over than the money in existence, goes to the Federal Reserve for a loan. The Federal Reserve prints U.S. dollars from thin air and gives it to the government. With this monopoly money the government receives, it then turns and creates IOUs, known as government bonds. And together, like business partners, the Federal Reserve and government sell them to you, me, foreign entities, cats, dogs, and whoever else will take them. This becomes a cycle where the previous loan can only be paid off with the next loan, rinse and repeat. Back in 2015, it was estimated that we pay over $400 billion in interest alone. Who knows what we're at now? By the way, only a fraction of the loan is paid every month. To put that into perspective, the payment the government makes on the loan it receives from the Federal Reserve is the equivalent of a monthly minimum payment many individuals make to their credit card companies just to keep the ball rolling somehow. And now, why you should care. This rinse and repeat cycle is devastating to the economy as it devalues the paper money we work so hard for. How so? Without getting too into the weeds of economics, the principle here is the more you flood the market of an item, the less valuable that item is. This is generally known as debasing, and it's been practiced for multiple years in multiple civilizations, which is reproducible. The collapse of a currency. With the government overspending and requiring larger sums of cash on every subsequent loan to pay necessary and unnecessary expenses, it floods the market with your also precious U.S. dollars. This practice, of course, had somewhat of a limitation while we were on the golden standard. The golden standard was the system where every promise note or U.S. dollar printed was backed by a unit of gold. Theoretically, there would never be more promise notes floating around than there was gold to back it. But we all know that wouldn't stop good old United States of America government, now would it? And if you think this is just a United States problem, it's much bigger than that. In 1944, right after World War II, the European economy was decimated, pretty much non-existent. They were devastated, if not close to annihilated. So because of this, the U.S. set up the Bretton Woods system. Under the Bretton Woods system, the World Bank and the IMF or International Monetary Fund, were created with the guise to help regulate international monetary systems. This system would help countries in financial need with short-term monetary aid and give loans and assistance to developing countries. In theory, this was a pretty great system. But once you begin to peel back the layers, you'll end up uncovering a good amount of disreputable practices. Let's just leave it at that. Again, do your own research. Attendants at the Brentwood Conference in the United States were representatives from 44 countries who were eager to participate more on the premise of understanding how the economic dominant United States was going to react towards the war-stricken countries whose economies were on the brink of collapse. The premise of this system, since the U.S. owned two-thirds of the world's gold reserve at the time, was to tie all foreign currencies to the dollar because the dollar was tied to gold giving stability to foreign fiat. The accomplishment here was foreign countries would gain stability and the dollar would be a legal tender on the global stage. Good as gold, as the saying goes. Really, nothing wrong with this except the American government doesn't discriminate between necessary and unnecessary expenses. So again, spending more money than they have. Okay, hopefully you're with me so far. And up to this point, the Federal Reserve is a Ponzi scheme, the dollar is more valuable at this point 
as it's pretty much a global currency. And now comes death to the dollar. For government, as the phrase goes, all good things must burn to the ground. Okay, guilty. I made that phrase up, but no matter what side of the aisle you're on, religious, theological, or any other type of view you have, I'm pretty sure we can all agree that money is power. And governments have a proven track record of oppressing their citizens as they obtain more of it. Keeping all of this in mind, the U.S. government struggled to maintain the golden standard and a healthy circulation of the dollar. Entities redeemed their oversaturated dollars for depleting American gold. In response to this, we took the next best step in circumventing the issue. And President Nixon, on August 15, 1971, removed the U.S. from the golden standard opening the floodgates to unlimited printing and discriminative spending, which, of course, has run our economy at a deficit since 1971. Bravo, Nixon. Thank you so much. If you're still not able to put the dots together, let me divulge a little further. The U.S. dollar has depreciated from $1 to $0.04 in the last couple of decades. It lost roughly 96% of its value when accounting for inflation. If you let the Fed convince you that inflation is better than deflation or that inflation is good, then let me paint you a little picture. Let's take, for example, John. John makes $50,000 a year and has $10,000 in savings. The price of an apple in this example is two bucks before inflation. And after inflation, the same apple is four bucks. So everything just about doubles. The Fed tells us that this is good. Not only did the price of items go up, which is healthy and expected, but so did our salary. So really, you don't have anything to worry about, and things just naturally cancel out. One of the things they fail to clarify, and I'm sure it's accidental, inflation is the depreciation of money, which means prices of goods and services go up while the value of the dollar goes down. In this case, the savings account you had is not immune and also depreciates in value. So John's savings account of $10,000 in a year or two, is roughly worth $8,500 and continues to drop as it sits doing nothing. Government does not only not have a rein on its spending, but it also has an appetite to consistently pass legislation for trillions and trillions of dollars to pay its expenses and flushes cash into the market. It's estimated that 80% of the U.S. dollars in circulation today were minted in the last couple of months. These actions devalue and debase the U.S. dollar more and more every time government turns on its Federal Reserve printing press. So now come in crypto and how we can get away from this central banking cartel that oppresses and enslaves our communities. To keep this episode short, I think we covered a good amount about the history and the decay of our economic structure. In the next episode, we're going to dive deeper into crypto, how it works, what are some major concepts that we should know and get acquainted with in order to adopt this tech much faster? Mm -hmm.